Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Mark here. Unfortunately, Jess can't be with us. So Jess fans that are out there, I'm so sorry. But fortunately for you, we have Cheryl Fletcher. <laughs> our, Cheryl, what's your title now? Do you have a title? You know, now? my title has changed so many times, right. Mark, that I would just really, if, if someone needed to give me a title, could I just be the princess sure. of discipleship at Menlo Church or That's something? That's great. I don't know. I'm on the executive leadership team, but you know, you do a it could, lot that could change here. tomorrow. <laughs> Yes, but you wear a lot of hats, and one of those is being over discipleship yes. and teaching. So yeah. Yeah. we got to hear a message from you last week that I'm so excited to dive into and get all of your thoughts on. And as a seven, I'm sure you want to share all of your thoughts? I kind of do. Okay. But before we do that, there's something in your message that I have to ask you about. Okay. And this was about Googling helicopters in Austin, oh, and I don't no. know what that means, but <laughs> I feel like we should talk about that. Such a random thing that I didn't even plan to say okay. was not in my in my. Notes. Oh, really? So no. <laughs> That's so, funny. but I was trying to make the point in my message, of mm -hmm. course, that you know we're avoiding family gatherings because we have the family members who were like going off on the right anti-vaxxing or vaxxing or masking, not masking all the things or conspiracy theories. So yeah. I think I was gonna say conspiracy theories, but why not just name one? Oh, so I. I haven't heard this one, so I'm excited. Oh, okay. Google it. Um, so I lived in Austin, Texas, and there's just this funny conspiracy theory about um, he dark helicopters that fly at night, and it's a government thing. Um, okay. I'm sure it has to do with UFOs. I can't really remember, to be honest. But the funny thing is that Austin, Texas, if you've been there or lived, probably only if you live there, you'd know that in central Austin, uh, I don't know if it's still there, but when I lived there for 16 years, there's a helicopter base. Hmm. So it's kind of weird that this is a conspiracy that government military helicopters are flying over Austin. When there's a helicopter military base nearby? Right. <laughs> So maybe the conspiracy is more so what they're doing. Yeah, and I and again I can't, I went down the wormhole. I had a friend whose <laughs> okay. sibling was super into this conspiracy, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't remember all the details, but I I want to believe it's kind of like the dish here in in you know Menlo Park, uh -huh. Palo Alto. We know they're looking for aliens, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I I would. I would too. If I have right? the means and resources to look for aliens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was a really fun and fun intro to your message. And so, for those that missed it, I'd highly encourage you to check it out. But Cheryl, can you give us a quick summary about what we talked about? Mm. Yeah. So today's message, and I really love I love doing messages that are connected in a whole series. Mm -hmm. That you really do kind of have to listen to week one and listen to week two, week three. You mm -hmm. know that they all fit together. And so we started this unlikely witness um, series, wanting to talk about what does it mean for us to be people of faith who share our faith. Yeah. And that's that's not just a given. There's actually some feeling like I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. And so, you know, we we kicked it off with being a witness is just somebody who's seen something 
important or amazing. Mm-hmm. Jesus falls into that category, I think. Yeah. And so today, what uh, what we're, we've talked about this week is how do we do that, right? And so uh, I just took that passage in First Peter, and I wish this is where you wish you could preach the whole book in one sitting, um, but they don't give me that much time at Menlo, so um, because you just take out this little this little verse about where where Peter says, "Hey." If somebody asks you about the reason for your hope, mm-hmm. uh, you should be ready to explain that. You should have a reason for your hope in Jesus. Right. And uh, and then how do you do it? And he says, uh, you should do it with gentleness and respect. But what was fun for me was to kind of get underneath. I didn't. I've studied that passage before. I don't know why I hadn't seen this, or maybe I didn't, wasn't looking at the right commentaries or hmm. uh, looking at some of the the, the language in the Greek. Um, but that a uh, gentleness in respect being um, gentleness towards others and respect or really trust in God and how that really fits together. And I think a lot of our obnoxiousness in witnessing or evangelism Mm -hmm. is because we think we have to do, it's all up to us. Mm. And what Peter's really kind of saying is, hey, be gentle towards others, and you can be gentle towards them if you're trusting God in this process. Yeah, If it's all up to me, I'm going to manipulate, I'm going to, you know, try to win my point. So anyway, those were the, those are, that's kind of some of the stuff. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's flowing from week to week. And I think that you touched on, I don't know, like when we were talking to Brett last week, that just reminds me of when you put your will in front of God's will, that's how he defined like sin and brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so if you bring that into the conversations that we're having now, mm-hmm. then again, you're putting your preference before that meekness to say, God, I trust you to take this conversation wherever it needs to go. Yeah. So I thought that that was especially cool. And I loved when you said, you kind of broke up the difference between talking at and dialoguing with. Mm. So how did you come up with that? Well, part of it is I just feel it in my own life right mm-hmm. now. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm displaced. Uh, I moved up here from LA and you wouldn't think it two and a half years in, you'd say you were displaced, but I still feel that because of the pandemic, right? I can I can remember, I think it was the first week you got on staff here was the first week of lockdown. Is that no, correct? Was, or right around that no, time? No, it was right around. It was okay. actually five weeks later. So I'd, I'd visit it. It felt like that though. I sure. mean, we're in COVID years here. So 500 years ago when I went on staff at Menlo Church. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but I think, you know, so, so, so a lot of my staying connected to my people mm. is, mm-hmm. you know, now we text, right? Mm-hmm. We don't just call. Um, and, and I love texting. I'm not anti-texting um, or anti-social media. I use all those things. But it just has struck me as I was thinking about this message even that, you know, <sighs> So much of apologetics back in the 70s, they called like, you know, witnessing sure. and evangelism. It was this apologetics. You had reason for your faith. Mm-hmm. And then you just tried to talk at people and and prove them wrong, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We got the right answers. We're Christian. Mm-hmm. And so I, there was that. There was a talking at in the realm of apologetics and evangelism back in the day. I don't think anyone here thinks that's a good idea. But... But I realized, gosh, we kind of, we've, we're, we're in this communication style of, I talk at you, I wait for you to respond. If the three dots pop up, right, 
then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they saw it, you know? Right. Or if they don't, like just recently, like even as I was preparing this message, I sent uh, a text to some friends and, uh, you know, it's prayer request kind of thing and no three dots. And I actually never heard back from them. They ghosted me. Now, Ooh. I kind of think they didn't see it. So I actually then texted them a little more because <laughs> I'm going to, I'm not going to assume the worst. I'm going to assume these people do love me. They're my friends. They're for me. Right. Um, but it just was that reminder of we're in this world of, um, I talk at you and then you talk at me and and then we miss so many nuances mm-hmm. and demeanor and mm-hmm. intent and we read into it's you know we all know we've all been told don't deal with conflict in an email at work right, right. um but i think we've also just become a a culture where um we we we're maybe we learned that lesson, but we're dealing with conflict in a text, or we're you know de- ghosting people, or we're mm-hmm. doing whatever, and we've lost. in what I say in the message, uh, you know, in the sermon is, I I just came to I was like we've lost empathetic dialogue, hmm. and mm-hmm. I just don't know that you can do dialogue and empathy through all these messaging devices and mm-hmm. texting and. Um, even Zoom, really, yeah, which even gives you this false sense of being present to somebody, but you're not. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and I think we can all agree that typing in X amount of characters with when it just pops up in the same way I could say something, you know, you could read that five different ways. It's just not the best form, and even if that can carry on outside of that, no one loves being talked at. Right. Even if you are next to that person. Right. So one of the this keys that you said were such important was inviting into dialogue and conversation. And through that become or the cornerstone of that might even be relationship. Mm-hmm. So can you right. talk a little bit more about that relationship piece and why it's so important? Yeah, yeah. And it, it almost feels cliche sometimes too in the church, you know, it's like have relationships, be in community. Um <laughs> But sometimes there's reason for cliche because <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, Peter is writing to a group of people who are, they're the minority. They're not the majority of faith, right? right? And I think that's true in Silicon Valley, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the statistics, it's not like we're living in this bubble. And I've lived in the Bible Belt. So, you know, this is a different, you know, we're, and I lived in LA, which again, not a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. You don't assume that your neighbor has the same political views as you. You don't assume that your neighbor has the same religious or faith belief as you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and and so how do you live in relationship with people um, without hiding your faith too? I remember friends of mine in Los Angeles talking about who, you know, screenwriters and people in the business, the industry, as they say, um, you know, talking about like in the writer's room, they're like, I had to come out as a Christian because <laughs> uh, they were writing a dialogue, oh, you know, about yeah. a Christian, a character who was a Christian. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that is not how Christians talk or that is not how normal Christians are. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, but but getting proximate, which I talk about in the message, is getting near people, having relationship with people um, because we're relational beings. Because the way of Jesus is the way of love. Mm-hmm. Because in the very Trinity, 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit have existed in relationship for all eternity. So we don't enter into relationships, and I say this, but transactionally. And I think that's the piece in Christianity that's the art, because mm. the temptation is I've got to I've got to have a relationship now so that got I it. can tell you about Jesus. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I think people don't like that transactional thing, so then they've just pulled back and go, well, I'm not going to have any, I'm, I, I'm not going to do any of my relationships that way. I don't want to make a person a project, which, which is all really, again, a really good desire not to make somebody a project. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm plugging next week, but that's what I want to talk about next week is really like um, if your, your, the invitation to witnessing should be an invitation to greater dependence on God, because apart from Jesus, I'm going to make it transactional. Mm. Apart from partnering with God, I'm going to I'm going to tr- make this person a project for my God points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I become more and more in, embedded in Christ, life with Christ in Christ, um, then all of my relationships start to flow from um, just love. Yeah. A genuine curiosity and interest in people. And so um, so we need to have relationships. Everybody, I, I just can't imagine you live in the Bay Area and you don't have a relationship with a non-Christian. It's just that you mm-hmm. might not want to let them know that you are a Christian. <laughs> and that's yeah. okay. You don't need to lead with that. But... Um, but yeah, that's the art. That's the that's the abiding in Christ. That's the journey with Jesus. So good. So yes, and somehow you boiled down sharing your faith and why you should share your faith into twenty five minutes. So I'm sure that <laughs> oh, that was a process in itself. But if you could have gone another hour, Cheryl, like I know that you really wanted to, what else would you have included? Were there ideas that you just wanted to talk about so badly but couldn't? Oh yeah, I mean, and and it, <laughs> uh, this was, you know, when I preach, typically what people are hearing is version fifteen. Okay. I mean, literally, I had an entirely different introduction for not talking about helicopters. No, I never mentioned the helicopters. <laughs> okay. um, no, I think the thing that uh, you know I would have liked to talk more about, I think. Um, and actually, originally, when we planned the series, and just for lots of different reasons, originally, this particular sermon on First Peter was supposed to be two weeks, because the idea was, ideally, we could have spent one week talking about reason mm. and the logic mm-hmm. to being a Christian, that you don't have to turn off your brain, that there is logical... Um, evidence to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just pie in the sky. So I would have loved to, you know, if I could have, I would have had a full sermon. <laughs> and to be honest, maybe I could have broken this one up into four weeks probably, right? Because yeah. let's just talk about the hope. Mm-hmm. Then let's talk about that reason, that resurrection and the evidence for it and the not turning off your brain thing. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about gentleness. Uh, and what does it look like to have conversations and build relationships and love people in such a way that, as Peter says, uh, they're going to ask you. Yeah. And he makes an assumption. They're going to ask you. 
And and are we living in such a way that somebody would be curious? And again, not as manipulation, not as performance, mm-hmm. but it's just genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, the trust, which in God peace, which actually I am going to get another sermon on that next week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would love to just done a way deeper dive on all those things. Yes. <laughs> so much was in there so much but i'm yeah. really glad that you were able to condense it in the way that you did and i think you made the format really work and like you said you get to expand a little bit next week so very much looking forward to that Thanks. and i would like to know as we're just continuing this through line of mm-hmm. evangelism and being an unlikely witness we asked brett to share a story mm-hmm. last week and he shared a few few stories. Mm-hmm. If you would like to share any stories about evangelism, whether that's personally with you mm-hmm. or someone that you've known or someone that you've been a part in that process with, I'd love to hear because I'm sure you've got some great stories. Yeah. You know, thanks for even asking that question because I think um, uh, I think the opportunity to get to share my faith with somebody has been the greatest opportunity of my Christian life. Mm. Um it's also been the thing that's driven me into deeper understanding of God and scripture because when you talk to when you're talking with a person who's on a journey of discovery of Jesus their questions are so profound mm-hmm. right their questions just take you deeper i remember uh talking you know i did high school ministry for a number of years for 10 years uh and probably those high school students um and and it was with Young Life, so we were, uh, my time was not necessarily in a church youth group, but at a high school cafeteria, right? Back in the day when you could do that, uh, and you could be in the high school cafeteria. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just the questions that high school students have are the best. Unfiltered, mm-hmm. um, pushing back. Yeah. I remember talking with this young woman, uh, and she, about Jesus and his death on the cross and um, putting her faith in him and that kind of thing and what he's done for us. And I remember her being like, okay, this is what I don't understand. If God is against murder, why did he murder his son? And like, I'm initially, well, I mean, he didn't really, oh, I got to do some deep dive. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta go check into what is, what was happening on the cross, what was happening in that death, mm-hmm. and it, was it just a a nice expression of love, or was there something happening in the spiritual realm, um, and that God was doing? Why death? Right. I've had a lot of friends, adults, um, you know. And students ask those questions over the years. So, um, yeah, one of that. I just say I think I think even if it's just for you, <laughs> selfishly, uh, you know, get into those conversations. Yeah. Um, one of the, one, a story that comes to mind fairly recently. Uh, I don't know. I just anyway, my friend Aaliyah Hassan. Um, she showed up at a women's Bible study that I led. In, in LA because she had was friends with gotten to be friends with these women at her gym. And I kind of think as I recall, they were they would just they all knew each other 
because of the, this Bible study and this church that they all went to. And I don't even remember if she inserted herself and was kind of like, hey, could I go to that thing? Hmm. Um, she did not grow up with a faith. Uh, you know, her uh, father was, I don't know if she would say secular, Muslim, mom, agnostic. Um, anyway, Leah ended up because of these friends at this, uh, coming to this Bible study, sitting at a little table with this group of women and just poured out the questions, all of her questions. You know, again, it's so good to be with people who aren't like churchgoers or have all come with all this stuff, right? So she's just pouring out the questions. And so this was, I didn't, actually, I didn't get to lead her to faith, which would have been super fun, again, selfishly on my part. Mm-hmm. But sh- these friends were sharing and she's in the Bible study. And so finally, she just had all these questions and her her Bible study leader and friend from the gym, Patty, was like, why don't you just go talk to Cheryl, you know? So we got coffee, and uh, she's just pouring out all these these doubts and and all this, and I don't know if I can really believe this, and I don't know if I can believe this. But But as she was talking, it was just so clear to me that she she was a Christian. Hmm. And I just remember getting to look across the table and I just go, Aaliyah, you're a Christian. And she goes, no, I've got all these doubts. And I've got, I'm like, Aaliyah, I'm a pastor. I have all kinds of doubts. (laughs) So many of the questions you're asking, I'm asking, you know? Mm -hmm. I said, but but, so let me just ask you this. Um, Can you, can you, would you right now deny a belief in Jesus? Would you just say, there's no way I can believe in Jesus? Well, no, I don't think I could do that. Okay. Hmm. You're a Christian. So that's, I like declarative evangelism. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like it. You're a Christian. <laughs> that was a super fun one. I've uh, just so many fun. That's great. Over the years, yeah, getting to. Well, I hope that we can somehow find some non-Christians here in the Bay Area. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if that's possible or not, but yeah. my encouragement that I'm, that I'm taking away from that is just having space for those conversations. And that is a lot of things. That's being relational with people. Yeah. That is really living a life that makes people ask, why are you the way that you are? Mm-hmm. And where does that come from? You shared a little bit about that example at the end of your sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's my biggest takeaway and encouragement mm-hmm. from this. How else would you encourage people here that might've just listened to those stories and said, Cheryl, I'm not a pastor. That sounds yeah. really scary. Yeah. I don't want to do that. What other encouragements can we give them to just say, hey, it's going to be okay? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I've tried again. I'm going to blame the pandemic for up here, but I have tried to, you know, whether it's at, at a gym or what, or in my neighborhood, I've tried to have relationships with people who are not, you know, outside of the church and that kind of thing. Because it is kind of easy when you work for a church that at least somebody's going to ask you questions. You get set up for the that, right? Um, but uh, so what I want to say is, I guess what I want to say is I get it. Hmm. Even mm-hmm. as a pastor, when it's like my person at the gym or a neighbor, I get nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't want to stumble over all of it. Um, I don't want them to not like avoid me in the neighborhood, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, not only am I the Jesus person, but now I've even talked about it, you know. Um, so. I, again, I just, I think um, if you can see it as 
a part of your own journey of dependence on God. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> but uh, but uh, and less about you having all the right answers, and less about you having to get it right, and less about you um, coming in with your presentation, but more about building a relationship, having a conversation. One of my favorite opportunities I've had, and I've gotten to do this dozens of times over the past 30 years or so, but is w- when I can get close enough and have a con- enough of a conversation, just say, hey, would you, would you want to read through one of the Gospels with me? Mm-hmm. And then Jesus shows himself in mm-hmm. a such a way that uh, they, they know what they're rejecting or accepting. And um, that's, that's always a fun way to that's a That's a lot of great tips in there. <laughs> <laughs> and sure, I'm just grateful for you. I'm grateful for just your heart in, in sharing this. And before we go, I just wish that we could talk about something that, you know, was really applicable, maybe like a five-week series uh, or or something where we could read through something that would help out with having <laughs> these kinds of conversations. Do you know if we were going to offer anything like that coming up? That is so weird, Mark, that you would uh, even suggest that because ah. we have book clubs this hey, summer. Okay. And That's they're great. five weeks. Oh. And we're going to be reading together this book called The Nine Arts of Spiritual Conversation. Wow, perfect. And it's got all kinds of practical stuff mm-hmm. and stories. And the authors lived in Silicon Valley. So I kind of right. love that That's they bring- cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they That's bring exciting. a little of that perspective to the table. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that about them. And um, yeah, it's an easy read. I had somebody, but it looks so thick. I don't know. It's like 200. It's a normal- trade book kind of right. you know size but it's it's not a hard read you know it's not a like it's it's a really re- easy and i think it'll be fun the conversations that will come out of the reading mm-hmm. um with the, those book clubs that you can kick it around together yes and that that's my hope too is that through reading this book it will be fun and there will be some friendships and community that's mm-hmm. made because we're offering this up at every campus so if you're local we'd love to invite you to join one of the campuses that's mm-hmm. closest to you and if you're not local Hang out with us online. We'd love to walk through this with you. Jess and I will be leading it, so it should be a great time. Can I add one thing? Absolutely. I would also say if you are not yet a Christian and or you're kind of obviously you, you're here because you're exploring some kind of spirituality or some kind of faith, I probably don't, you just don't jump on this podcast, but um, I think this book club would be for you too. You kind of- Okay. Like look look in on these Christian people and their weirdness and see how they think about this and see how they talk about that. So yeah. just that want to give that invitation. Absolutely, and that's also an invitation. If that brought someone to mind, maybe you invite that person. Mm. Mm. Do that. Mm-hmm. Well, Cheryl, thanks so much. Yeah. Have a great week, and we are so thankful that you are listening. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Fun to be here. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays. And this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.